Hi and welcome to the podcast. You are having tea with Alice. This week's episode is a conversation with Jen Carnavale, who is a friend and a colleague and somebody who I really enjoy talking with. And we talked about a lot of unpleasant things in, I thought, a really lovely way, which is, um, I guess, the point of this podcast. Thanks, everybody who's been listening. Thank you for putting up with the, uh, the fact that I was out of good Wi-Fi for the last two months and everything was a little bit haphazard. I'm hoping that the sound quality is improving by leaps and bounds. I'm making a real effort to make your listening experience as good as my conversations feel to me. Ah, that worked as a sentence. Sure, it did. I'm a little jet-lagged. I'm in Sydney this week doing Savage uh, at the Sydney Fringe. That's at the Factory Theatre at 7pm every night until Saturday. And in Melbourne next week from the 27th of September to the 2nd of October doing Savage as well. Then I've got to write a new show. If you have any suggestions for what you'd like me to write, uh, alicerfraser at gmail.com or if you'd just like to say hello, um, hit me up on Twitter at alliterative. Uh, if you want to support me on Patreon, that's on patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. Thank you, everybody who supports me there, by the way. It's a really um, incredibly warming thing to know. There's uh, Mitchell, Marcelo, Dale, Sarah, Bruce, Jeremy and Samantha, who are my regular supporters. And it means a lot, it, like it does. Just it means a huge amount that 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 does. Anyway, uh, thank you for that. Uh, you are having tea with Alice. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation. It's a weird it's thing. It's hard to make friends with people in this industry. Yeah, real friends. Yeah, people. And so when you meet someone, you get along with them. It's kind of like quite surprising for me. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. I think I had that a lot this Edinburgh. Like, people I just met that I, I really liked hanging out with I was like this is really cool yeah and we're all sort of in the same boat and you're not talking to me just because you want something or I don't know that sounds so sad Mm. but you know what I mean which is weird because I don't think of myself as a hugely cynical person oh I'm totally I'm very cynical I'm like it's bad (laughs) it's an effort to not be well I just generally I don't know I assume the worst, but present in a hopeful way. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing to do. Well, because the danger of being cynical is that you, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you approach the world with mistrust, mm-hmm. people can sense that and, and... Take advantage. Well, they mistrust you in return. And so you've got to kind of, you've got to have, keep an open heart. But I think an open heart with fortifications. Yeah. Because if you have too open a heart and then someone smashes it up, then it can ruin you. Mm-hmm. Like the most cynical people I know are at heart optimists, disappointed optimists who just got ruined by some yeah. mean person or event. Yeah. Yeah, something happened that they didn't get back from. Yeah, romantics. Before I left Sydney, Reese Piper wanted to hang out with me. Mm. And he's lovely, I did hang out with him. But I was talking to Ben about it, and he was like, he's like, you're the only person I know who is dumbfounded when people want to hang out with you. But I was seriously, I was like, why does he want to hang out? Like, what does he, what does he want? Like, what does he, 
what, what? And he's like, maybe you just want to hang out with you. And I was like, maybe. And he did. I think he just wanted advice on some stuff. But still in my head, I was just like totally perplexed. Like, I'm like, what? Like it's just, I couldn't, which that is not healthy. Is no, it's not. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? What do you want from me? Yeah. Well, I think also, I mean, <coughs> I can present that in a hopeful way to myself in that I quite like doing things for other people. Mm. So I, I, it doesn't come across as cynical when I'm like, so what can I do for you? Yeah. And they go, well, n- n- nothing. What do you mean? Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. But then it's nice too, because you're like, oh, we can just chat. Just be people, be yeah. friends. Yeah. I do like being useful though. Uh, I do too, but it's, not, I don't know. Not necessarily only useful. Yeah. No, because that doesn't feel great either. And you don't want to get like white nighty about it. Mm. Have you ever had like a white knight fan who wanted to solve all your problems for you? Um, yes. But usually, to be honest, I'm probably the one who's usually like, let's fix it. Mm. It's just my, I'm sort of calming down from that now because. You can't fix You can't fix, yeah. You can't fix everything and mm. people don't want to be fixed or people aren't looking for an answer sometimes. But my well, natural... Some people's comfort zone is problems. Yeah. And my fix one like, problem, they will make <coughs> another problem happen. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes they just want to say it without a solution or they just, or they, yeah. It's Are You Okay Day in Australia. Yeah. I saw you repost the article. I liked it. Because we talked about that last year. I liked that article. Mm. Do you remember? Mm. Yes, that particular article. Yeah, I remember we were talking about it. Because I can't remember. God, I don't want to remember what situation I was in at that stage. But I remember yeah, dear, relating to it all people. too well. All yeah. That, all that and that it can be really detrimental to try and... Sometimes it can be really dangerous you to try and step in and they can sort of take you into their well, this is the mental state which is not great with gravity right the the nature of depression mm-hmm. or mental illness of any kind is a downward one mm-hmm. it's a downward direction it's like being on the edge of a cliff and someone grabs for your hand and you want to save them you have to think whether you've got the strength the strength because it it's it's not like if you're happy and they're sad, it evens out. Yeah. It's they're not okay just because you're okay. It's much easier for them to make you miserable than it is for you to make them happy. Just because of the gravitational yeah. pull of negativity is a, a stronger one than the gravitational pull of positivity. Not that positivity doesn't have well, a just, gravitational would, pull. Not even being positive, just content, mm. which most people are day to day. Not even not even being overly positive. Just being a content person. Just it's even okay. it's that much easier. Yeah. yeah, just being okay. It's that much easier to then go to go from okay to not okay, then let your okayness pull someone up out of a pit of despair. Um, yeah, I find that an interesting and underrecognized dynamic. I guess that the reality that it's not easy to help other people. No, I did a bit about it not long ago. Oh yeah, what was your bit? I, I sort of cut it. I should try and... I think I did it in Melbourne and they were not really okay with it. <laughs> and so I kind of didn't take it over here. Um, 
it was actually I told Ben it was about Ben when he was in a really bad state and I was um, balancing yeah and just balancing and I was like Ben being your best friend yeah and I was like oh well I have other friends but they're not in comedy there's another Ben I have other friends I promise (laughs) there's another Ben who's like a pillar of light he's just always happy he plays wheelchair tennis for Australia and he's always he's the most happy positive guy ever he's like polar opposite of other Ben it's kind of weird but um (coughs) I was talking to him about like it's okay and and like the whole premise of it was like me saying like are you alright and then he just spewed out all this stuff and it wasn't just Ben it was actually a few other people in my life but in the story it was just one friend being like what the hell is that you okay about and then just listing everything and by the end I'm just in tears pretty much which was totally what happened not with Ben but with other people I know but even like I remember trying to like I, I know this lesson I think probably as well as you can being mm. like but you have this and you have this and you have these people who love you and you have the, and then just like it literally feels like a wall coming towards you mm. of li- and the strongest of people cannot I don't think stand through that wall when it pushes you because it's so personal and it's mm. like a negativity yeah mm. and they're convinced that's the thing crazy people can make you feel crazy because they're convinced in their reality nothing lasts and you know everyone is selfish and and people do get heartbroken and hurt and people pass away and people and life is very unfair everything is essentially futile but Mm. all the other things are also true Uh, you know an octopus figuring out a maze is still adorable (laughs) I love that example just you know the guy singing proud as anything in a bookshop the guy yeah with his earphones in just singing out loud in a very silent bookshop (laughs) is still is still awesome gonna make your day if you let it and and yeah this is this is a reality of the world sometimes I think people like that need to be in the army or need to be in a religion Mm mhm Two things of which I generally disapprove. But they, yeah. But being, I don't know. I don't know if religion lend, lends itself to those people because they're often so over analytical mm. and 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 so not willing to settle for. How nice is this? Which religion likes to... Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know, maybe it does, but most people who are super religious don't look that chronically depressed. Because they're like, everything's sorted out, everything's fine. Eh, not so much. (laughs) I wonder, here's a sci-fi scenario where, say, if you are suicidally depressed, Mm -hmm. you have the option of going in and then you abdicate your personal responsibility, you get your brain wiped, and then you are a, you know, a functional tool for human. society. Well, not even a human, but like you could, you, you, you work as a street cleaner or whatever, and you, you know, lose, like a brave new world, you lose your functions, mm-hmm. you lose bra- higher brain function, and you just become a tool of the state. I don't think that would be particularly appealing to depressed people. 
no. because it's, I mean, it is, and this is a, a difficult thing to say about a disease, it's essentially a, a selfish problem. It's about you. Mm-hmm. The way I, I put it, um, and I, when I say selfish, I'm not saying that they can necessarily help it. It's not something that, that they well, want to be. They can just, like, think to a certain point and then your brain kind of just needs help it's a problem with, with rewired again focus like with your eyes like you cannot focus on anything good it's like a yeah your brain's looping in a very horrible way all you can, <laughs> all you can do is just acknowledge that there there's things there that you can't look at but they do exist yeah but that's like that's they're invisible to hard, you like color blindness yeah but for happiness such a, like crazy hard concept to ask somebody who's never if you can't see it right then yeah and you're in it right then, even if you felt it before. Yeah, the colour green exists. Oh, man. That feeling of hopelessness, it's, like, so impossible to... It's so hard to, like, you know, you're showing them something they just cannot see yeah. in that moment. It's invisible. Yeah. That's, like, the whole thing of when people say, you know, they just need a bit of... They need, like, endorphins or, like, they should go for a run or... I remember one... I mean, admittedly, totally fucking nuts psychologists that I went to, just completely insane, say to me when I felt so low, and she's like, why don't you go home and write down all the things that you think are really great about you? <laughs> and I was just like, what? And she's like, just make a list, just 10, just 10. People who are the healthiest of healthy, I don't know how they could sit and write 10, but I just remember thinking, like, I cannot. And in that state, you just cannot think of things that are good about the world, let alone you. You? It's crazy. You know? And I just remember being like, this is, this is like a tart. This is, she wants me to be a wizard. Like, how impossible I thought it was, was just like pulling money from thin air. Yeah, a dove. Like, it was just like, I was like, this is, this woman's mad. She was a bit mad, not because of that, but a few other things that she I had said that thing. <laughs> were a bit questionable. I had that thing when I was leaving the law firm, I was getting really anxious and weird, and I went to mm. the employee assistance program and I said, look, I feel like, I cry every day, anxious, mm-hmm. overwhelmed, I can't handle this, I just feel like I don't, I don't have the belief that these people do that what we're doing is worth anything. Right. We're asking people to sacrifice their health for... Uh, abstract concept the idea of a company that only exists as an idea and numbers in somebody's books and you're asking someone to come home late to their child or miss a wedding or those things just don't add up to me and she said uh, I said if I do this not immediately but if I keep doing this in five years from now I'm going to kill myself like I will I just Mm -hmm. and she said um if you feel overwhelmed, you should try making more checklists. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I put that in my show because it was such a fucking ridiculous thing oh. to say. Yeah, yeah. The stories you hear from people because you realise, like, you know, they're just human and they have their own weird ideas of what a healthy mind is. Like, I remember a friend of mine... Well, and you don't go into psychology if you're a sane person. Yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're sound of mind and happy... But a friend of mine I remember saying to me before I ever what went is to sadness. Oh. Yeah. How do I yeah, how do I break it down and then fix it? Yeah, a friend said to me before I went to a psychologist, she was like, 
oh, there's nothing worse than you, you know, when you know you're a lot smarter than them. Mm. And I remember thinking when she said that, I was like, that seems so arrogant to me. Like, I was like, why would I think that I'm a lot smarter than them? They're just a person. They've studied. They've, they're a lot more educated in this field than me. And then when I spoke to someone and the first thing she said to me is, you're a comedian. <gasps> you should be laughing all the time. You should be so happy. And like, <laughs> I was like, ah, uh-huh. oh, this is what she's referring to. This woman is a moron. <laughs> Shortly after, she's like, do you, are you on YouTube? I was like, I'm, I'm never coming back. I'm never seeing you again. <laughs> you're crazy and this is over now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, that stuff, where you can sort of think your way around them and then you have to realise that you don't want to. Yeah. Like, I, I can trick you into thinking I'm fine. And you go, no, 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 I, I'm not meant to do that. I'm meant to actually tell you what's wrong. And oh, but it's so weird. I mean, how the, how the fuck do you even know what's wrong sometimes? I don't know. It's, I can't, like... I can overanalyze everything and I don't know, sometimes it's hard. To, if someone is upset because they are depressed for whatever reason, yeah. if you say what's wrong... It's everything. Yeah, the world is wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's everything. So they can't be like, oh, well, it's my job. Because it's not just their job. It's them in their job. Yeah. It's their being and their nature of, of existing in the world feels subtly wrong. Yeah. Just being a person in the world feels unnatural. <coughs> being back in London, when I was here last time, I had, like, mega bounce, bouts of, like, super depression. I actually went to a few of the places where I'd hang out or where I worked, or just like to see them. I like curiosity. how you made that sound fun. Mega bouts of <laughs> super depression. Oh, it was just, well, I don't know how, it was not, it was not great. Yeah. Horrendous. But horrendous, horrendous. Not, just quite not positive a, words. I'm not saying that's wrong. <laughs> I feel like you should, it's good that you should characterise this as an achievement. I don't, well, we, yeah, we, you know, achieve what we can. But I went back to a few of them, and it's, it's, like the I I love like how our minds like the magic we can do. Like I went back and they look different. They're yeah. exactly the same. They look different. It looks the places. Like, yeah. They feel different. And I can and when I go back to them, I have such vivid memories of how I felt when I was there and how they looked and how small or how heavy or how dark. And then you go back and it's exactly the same. It's a perfectly lovely place. <laughs> yeah. Lit up. It looks like like the blinds have been lifted from places, which is such a cheesy thing to say. No. But it totally, like, it's amazing what our minds can do. Well, because even it if does it's feel not like that. pathological depression, even if it's not a chemical imbalance. Like yeah. Just, I went, so I did the Perth, the first thing I did after mum died was the Perth Comedy Festival. Yeah. So she died in October the 12th. Perth was January. So uh, I did, you know, um, three weeks of a festival mm. with an old show, kind of an autopilot. Yeah, have um, to. And then I did Adelaide and then I booked in some gigs in Perth about two months ago from now. So six months after yep. January. And I was in the same rooms uh, doing okay. the same, some of, some of the same material, mm-hmm. seeing the same people, going to the same beach, living in the same place with my old friends, yeah. um, old family friends. And for me, the difference was it, 
the, di- the dimensions to which I had access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I, I felt, when I was there in January, I felt two-dimensional, very fragile. Very autopiloty. Yeah, you just, have to. just like I was, I was paper thin and mm-hmm. the world was paper thin. Mm-hmm. And I was moving across the world on the one plane that was available to me, yeah. which was straightforward. Uh, nothing, nothing deep or worrying or mm-hmm. heavy or light or anything, just, just functional. Yeah. And I went there again, and it's not that I'm less sad. It's just it's almost that I'm more sad because there's more of me yeah, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. sad. It's, it, I, I'm, there's there's m- more of everything. More of everything, and it's different. Mm-hmm. You can move in the world in different directions and access things in different ways and think about them. Yeah. Actually react and, and be a person rather than just feeling like functionality is an achievement. Mm. Uh, and that was really strange to me yeah 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 it is weird it's really weird yeah it's weird how our brains like cope and what they what little bits they shut off and they bring back and they it's so strange but I I love it though I was thinking about this it's like a new thing that I love but I love it now that your brain can be so different into to see the same thing in two different ways so differently the being aware enough to feel it when it happens mm. does that make sense mm. like instead of just going oh this was so much more fun than last time you're like well no I know why and I can and you notice what you can see more of and what you see less of and you notice what you were fixated on or how you were coping and stuff I don't know I just I like it yeah it's your again like the eye analogies and the bad one that your focus is different that you're completely yeah. what's visible and invisible to you is different yeah I think that's magic I love it. Yeah. It is magic. Well, it's people which are, who are magic. People are magic. The other thing that I was thinking was this kind of perspective thing on your place in the universe. Mm. I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago on this podcast with a friend of mine who said, you know, when you think about how small you are in the universe, you have to also think about how big you are in the universe. Oh, that's so nice. Because there's, you know, smallness that we can't conceive of and bigness that we can't conceive of mm. in both directions. Uh, and, and, but there is that weird thing where, and I think that's what, it's what happens with people like Ben a lot, the awareness of how small you are in the scene or in the world mm. or in the universe becomes overwhelming yeah so paradox you know <laughs> the best analogy of that is the hitchcock zoom you know what the hitchcock zoom is no you know that moment in jaws where he's on the beach and he realizes how big the shark oh, is oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so it's a thing where they move the camera but they change the focus of the camera so that it looks like the frame hasn't changed mm-hmm. the person is still in the same position of the frame but the background moves in relation to them mm-hmm. there's that kind of just sense of real disorientation and that thing where you realise how small you are and your yeah. realisation of how small you are is the biggest thing in the world. You yeah. cannot think of anything else other than how small you are. Oh it's like a Hitchcock zoom effect of like... If I think about that if I think about that type of stuff too much, then it's just like... It's, so, it's way too easy like, to be like, no, what's the point? Yeah. It's way too easy. Yeah, but I think then, then you have to think about, well... In some people's world, you are the biggest thing in their world. So you can't just think about how small you are. You have to oh, think about so how big you lovely. are. Oh, that's so lovely. That's a really nice thing to think about. Yeah. I don't know the kids, kids you look after. Oh. 
Like imagine, remember depending how, on what day it is, sometimes. <laughs> remember, like when you were a kid and you had like a teacher, yeah, and how huge their yeah, yeah. presence was, or you know, your parent or your sister or whatever. Like, that's a real thing. You should, you should kind of shaping people. Is it just with little people though? Does no, it happen not with, with little, adults. It happens with adults too. I mean, you think about, you know, for example, your you know, life partner or your, your oh, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even or when it, there's no way that their presence in the world. Yeah, well, it can. How, it's, it's as small as your presence in the world is. Yeah. So as minuscule and meaningless. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they can do one thing: send one text message or appear on Facebook for half a millisecond, and it fucks your day. Yes. And that goes in both directions <laughs> as well. So you're yeah, that big to other people. You are that impactful to other people. It's so weird to think about, though. I mean, it makes sense. It totally makes like logically, you're like, of course, you have that effect on people. But it's just weird because. You, I mean, it's not something, unless someone outright tells you, like, if it's good stuff, people are more inclined to say, oh, thank you, that da-da-da-da-da changed my day, or it's so nice to hear from you, blah, 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 blah. If it's negative stuff, you usually have no idea. So you just walk through calmly, <laughs> possibly ruining people's day. <laughs> but you don't know. I mean, yeah, you don't know. Even, even that makes you feel quite important. Oh, I, I don't know. It might make you feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Guilt first. But then important. also important. Important somewhere along the line too, yeah. So bizarre. Yeah, well, I, I was talking about this with my brother who gets some anxiety stuff about things like that. Mm. One of those things where he's so brilliant and then he feels like he's not living up to his potential or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a form of inverted arrogance in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like you're doing a PhD at Oxford, you are a successful lawyer, you are living in London with your wife, ha happily married for a year. Mm. You're doing well. You're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this sense that he's constantly behind the eight ball mm. means that he assumes the eight ball is, you know... He can achieve more. Yeah, which is an interesting thing. Um, but then the, you know, his anxiety about not being important enough I worry about that. Mm. That's that impacts on my life, and I care about him. And yeah, yeah. I don't know his wife cares about him, and my dad cares about him, and his friends care about him, and his boss loves him, and like really loves him. And there's all these other people who are out outside of that. And when you think, well, I'm not a big deal, you actually are. You've got this circle of people the who ripple are effect, so. hugely impacted by everything about mm. you. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, it's a tough thing to I remember, agree. Like, particularly just... if you're prone to depression, you don't want to think like that. No. <laughs> but it's... um, Because then you have a responsibility to other people. I think sometimes I'm so literal where, unle like, unless I see it on people, I just assume that it stops when you're not around them I don't know how to that your role in their life that they think about you less or something just once you're not there which is so weird because I obsess about friends and who are not there yeah. all the time yeah. or I think about friends all the time where I'm like oh I need to send them this or I need to write to them you know so they pop into your head and stuff or family or whatever so I don't know why but it's like 
It's like a strange, almost autistic spectrum thing. That you can't think of yourself <laughs> like, as visible to them. Yeah, like, if I don't see them, I'm like, oh. They must not see not me. Not even in a weird way, just like in a, like, oh. They mustn't think about me. Yeah, but not in, like, a, woe is me, just in, like, I don't know. It's strange. I don't know what the logic is in your head behind that. I, did, I haven't thought about it enough, obviously. <laughs> what this podcast is for thinking about things that you don't normally think about yeah I'm sh- I mean like I'm sure like uh, I don't know I don't know can overthink everything go a bit mad from it so that seems to be your kind of refrain of the moment mm. not overanalyzing or not overthinking things. Oh, God. yeah it's, it's, it's the attempt it's not going that well no <laughs> Yeah, that's an, this is maybe not the right podcast to be doing if, if that's what you want. No, this is still me thinking less, so it's good. So what do you do? Do you, do you have, like, cognitive behavioural therapy things that you do when you find yourself in loops? Oh, like, I don't know. I, I try, but, I mean, I don't know. I'm a lot more aware of it now. It just happens. It's just too easy. It's too easy to overanalyse everything. And the thing is, I like analysing things. Yeah. I have like I get a lot of joy from analyzing things, so it's just analyzing the right things. Yeah, putting your attention in skillful places rather than unskillful places. Yeah, things that are going to help you. Yeah, I like brewing on ideas or thinking about why, like, say someone says something to me and one sentence sticks in my head, and I'm like, well, why did that stay with me? Or like somebody will do something that I find odd, and I just it just. It sticks with me for ages. And, and you see if you can make a joke out of it. or Yeah, we just understand it. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'm just curious, like, it's just curious behaviour to me. And I've spoken to friends and one of them, like, some of them are exactly the same as me, where we will just sit for, a, like, far too long analysing something that doesn't matter. And probably there is no root to it. The root is that the person felt like doing something, so they did. Yeah. But then I have other friends where they're like, why do you care? Like, in Edinburgh when I was living with Sam, I'd get stuck on things and I'd be like, and then they said this. Like, and it's just burnt into my, my brain. And he's like, well, why, why do you care? Like, because isn't that curious? Isn't that strange? Isn't that an odd thing to say? Yeah. yeah. And he'll be like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. And I'm like, what? Like, I just, I can't. You mean it doesn't yeah. matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, it does matter. But then, like, it's, it's okay if you just fixate on the, the right things. Yeah. But that's, that's where it's hard. It's just But that idea that, that that can matter so much and yeah. be so interesting and then nothing you do or say could possibly matter to yeah, anyone yeah, it's else. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's not normal. I mean, I, don't, I, I think it is to a certain extent normal. But I think being aware of it is important when, you think, when you're overthinking something oh, someone else has done. You go, oh, well, actually, I am important and impactful. No, I keep thinking about all the stuff I've done. <laughs> I don't think I've done anything bad. Hopefully not, probably. It's fine. Being a grown-up is realising that you're going to do bad things and there's not always right answers. All the time. All the time. Mm. It's the worst. I mean, it's good as well. It makes you more forgiving of other people. Oh, yeah. We're all human. Except Mark Wahlberg. Not a human. Clearly not. Clearly no part human. (laughs) (laughs) All frog person. Um, There's that thing in American psychology where they're like, don't ruminate, Mm. which is that thing where you... um, 
various different disorders sort of feed into it. You can like have OCD where you go into those loops, or you can have mm. um, what is it? Uh, unwanted thoughts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Disorder yeah. where you think horrible things and then you get trapped thinking obsessively. Those things. Yeah. Um, but it's just basically also where you just feel guilty about something, or you go back and you eat over like chewing the cud. That's where it comes from. Mm. You're just regurgitating something again and again, and you're not processing it you're just chewing over it mm. um, but I do think that's I mean unless it's pathological unless it's ruining your life it's important to think about what you've done and what other people have done and, and your place in, in yeah. your, your role in causal chains that yeah. ended up badly or well or whatever <laughs> it is or embarrassing shameful things that you did I do think it's mm. I used to do that thing where you'd get a less than good exam result or a report and you just hide it under something and just think if I don't look at it it doesn't exist it doesn't exist and that kind oh. of results oriented way of thinking was something I did for, for a long time really only the result mattered okay and so if it was a bad result I ignore it oh man I was like the opposite I think where I would obsess over the bad results mm. <laughs> obsess over the bad results and just like all the wrong stuff that went into it yeah. which then just screws you up for the next thing because you're obsessing over something that's already done yeah but also not thinking about it screws you up for the next thing because you don't fix the problem you don't think about what the problem was you just hide mm. it as though the result were the only relevant thing mm. uh, and and not thinking about what you actually did or didn't do right or can and cannot do in the future oh my god so, it's a really kind of irresponsible way to go about things. I don't know what we're meant to do to be like balanced normal people. I mean, there's all these like, you know. you recognise there's no such thing. But like the balance, like the whole balance thing of like mindfulness important. and stuff is great. It's very good. You say it but like it's, it's not also good. <laughs> Something in the tone of voice and the way you've just scrunched up your whole face. <laughs> it is good. It is great. Maybe I'm overanalyzing here. But, but yeah. <laughs> seems like you're not good yeah, with it. This is the whole thing of like, um, to avoid thinking about stuff too much, think about your thoughts. It's just like... Think about the fact that you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then think about how you're thinking. And think about what you're thinking and think about how... Blah, 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 blah. It's just it's like so much uh, in your head. Yeah, I feel like mindfulness, the way that I was taught it, which is sort of the Burmese Buddhist thing, is just like yeah. just not thinking about your thinking just kind of taking your attention off whatever it is that you've got your attention on. Mm. It, it, just almost just recognising that your attention is under your own control. Yeah. For me, that's what it's about. So if I pay attention to, you know, my hands and my arms and my body and what I'm sitting and I'm breathing and I'm, you know, digesting and, mm. and, and all of those things are calming almost entirely because you recognise that you have control over your attention. Yeah. So that you can take your mind off this horrible thing and mm. it will come back, but then you can just put your mind on something else. Yeah, yeah. And that sense of control over your focus and attention, when you get to something like depression, you go, oh, actually, I can think about something else. Yeah. I can focus on my fingernails. It's taking back control. Yeah. Mm. I think... For me, that was always the thing about it. Um, and sometimes... Did you know that like, when you were younger? 
No. Or is that like a recent thing? I think it's a relatively recent thing. I think when I was younger, it was all about, like, you don't think about why you're doing something that your parents tell you to do. You're just meditating because that's what you do at this time in this place. You sit yeah, and you yeah. put your attention here. Um, and that was what we did. That was the thing that you did. And, mm. and I didn't think about why or what it was that you were proving mm-hmm. or learning or anything. You just, it's just a skill. And it's a really difficult skill. And also, that kind of Buddhist practice is almost deliberately non-analytical. It's, you, the idea is that you shouldn't, you need to learn by experience. And so trying to learn by theory is There's no point. a distraction and potentially counterproductive because then you're thinking about oh my what God. you're doing rather than just doing it. Yeah. Like learning how to run off a textbook. Do you find it easy to meditate now, if you want? No, do you it's meditate? always hard. It's, it's always, always hard. hard. It's a really hard thing to do. Mm. Um, I don't meditate as much as I should, as it should were a thing. Um, mm. I, I feel like when I do meditate more, I'm, I'm more effective. Really? Yeah. More useful. Mm. More... more um, less distractible okay Henry and I used to joke about it because we both did athletics training and we'd go on like a 10-day meditation course and you'd come back and you're you'd you'd just be so much better really (laughs) running mainly because you could just go when it got to the painful part you would just go oh I can take my attention off the pain it's just pain yeah I'm not sick it's not I'm not hurting myself it's just this pain that happens when you're at 300 meters in a 400 meter rep yeah this is and, and you become calmer about it you don't you just accept react it. emotionally to it i've always been okay with things like the cold when it's cold it doesn't i don't take it personally it doesn't yeah. bother me i'm just like oh i'm cold this is an unpleasant thing but it doesn't it's not, make you it doesn't upset you it doesn't, or anything yeah we're I know people who just really hate it, like with a with a, well, an emotional passion being cold, really. Well, people, like loads of people have, what's it called, sad when they move? Seasonal affective yeah. disorder. Well, yeah, that's a different thing. I probably get a little bit of that. Oh, you but do? But it's more that, it's, it's more that, like when it's hot, some people get angry because yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah. hot. And it, it's like they're taking it personally, like yeah. it's a real... They get less patient and they get uncomfortable and they get irritated and it comes out in everything they do. Whereas if you just think, oh, this is, I am hot, there's no, there's no moral. It's just accepting stuff. Yeah. As it comes. Mm. Which doesn't mean being like flaccid and passive. No. Or maybe it does, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's passive. I don't know. It's a maybe, potential but... downside if you look at like. Um, the way that some political things have turned out in Buddhist countries. Oh, yeah. Where people who are not, either not Buddhists or pretending to be Buddhist but not behaving in ways that are consistent with Buddhist ideology, Mm. do horrible things. And then you have an entire population that just goes, this is an unpleasant situation, (laughs) but my role is to be calm and and control my reaction to it, yeah. not to be political, not to cause violence, not to cause trouble, not to be angry, not to be rebellious, all of those things are not skillful, so what I'll do is I'll concentrate on staying calm in the face of this provocation. It's quite an individualistic yeah. religion in that way. 
and yeah, then it ends up in this horrible catch-22 where you've either got to give up your identity to become violent and aggressive or you've got oh to God. put up with some intolerable military junta stamping you with its horrible boot heel for years and years and years. God. I don't know what's better, that or people who just have... I mean, health-wise, health-wise, mm. that is much healthier than people whose emotions are on, like, the, like every sentence can shift whether they're laughing or crying or screaming or throwing something across the room. Like, actually, I don't know. Maybe that is, I don't know. Well, I mean... I have friends who are... Who, I mean, it's, they're probably not... I mean, I don't know if there is a right way or not, but who are so in the moment and are able to ground themselves and are able to do what you just said, which is be like, oh, you know, it's cold and I'm uncomfortable, but it's fine. Yeah. Or, well, this happened and that's unfortunate, but, a but it's fine. there's to that as well. Yeah, and I feel like I've seen it with people I know who I've been very, really close to, where they've just... Been okay with things that are not okay. Yeah, and they've just sort of floated and recognizing that just things. because you can you can control your reactions to something doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility to take action against that thing. And doesn't mean you shouldn't react. Yeah, like they like but, but even like in the moment react. Yeah, like just like it's almost like stomped down. Yeah. Is that you? Is that what you just said? I wasn't talking no, about no, it. No, it is. <laughs> So yeah, I think she needs to it now. <laughs> my friend needs my to. My friend. We'll call her Alison. No, but um. Well, that thing where you end up with, I mean, to put uh, a blunt finger on it, abusive relationships where yeah. there is one saint who just puts up with shit. Yeah. Because they can. And you go, no, 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 no. On like a world level, it's not okay. Yeah. You can't, you shouldn't put up with that. Mm. Not because it's hurting you, but because it's the wrong thing to do for everything. Yeah, it's hard. I know there's like a healthy balance. I just don't know if I know what it is, but um, I feel like I've seen both. I've definitely got both in my life, like in terms of close friends. I have friends that emotions are like so close to them that it's like insane, like it's pretty insane. And then I, I definitely have the opposite where it's just like everything's okay like I've got friends that are exactly like that and it's that just, everything's okay even when it's not okay totally and you want them to recognize that just it's not yell okay. or just like scream or just say this is fucked or just like do something and they just they're like pure acceptance it's frustrating but both both are frustrating people who lose their shit over nothing are frustrating as well I'm frustrating, positively frustrating for most people, I'm oh, sure. I don't find you so. I oh, think you're but, fun. Well, you know what I mean. Everyone, everyone is. Uh, I don't have people on my podcast that I don't like. <laughs> Although sometimes I start out liking them by the end of the podcast. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> by the end, I'm like, well, this friendship is it's done. Done. No, I, I, only, I only talk to people that I think are interesting or that I think my people will find interesting. Right. My people... Speaking of which, yeah. um, we should wind this up. I should say thank you to, um, I've got a couple of new Patreon supporters and uh, the tea that we are having, which is green tea and scones and cream and jam with extra cream, mm. um, is entirely due to them. 
So Aww. they buy me tea. They just bought you tea. Oh, thank you. Uh, Lovely supporters. Lovely Alice. supporters. Um, Jen, where can they find you online? At my website. So it's jencarnavale.com. J-E-N-C-A-R-N-O-V-A-L-E.com. Yeah, it's uh, Carnavale is such a fun name. Yeah, it is kind of. Like, I like it now. When I was younger, I hated it. Why? I just had weird comments from everyone, like teachers or friends or just people who were like... I don't know. People just felt the need to make jokes about it a lot. And I was really shy when I was younger, so I was like, I don't know what to say to anybody, let alone about this. <laughs> so and now you like... say things to people for a living. So. Yeah, now I say people. Yeah, I don't know. Now, now I like it, but when I was younger, it was a bit weird. <clears throat> I think that's as good a note to end uh, on as any, <laughs> if you want to abstract that to just your perspective changes over time, <laughs> which is the moral of this podcast. Yes perspective changing over time. Thank you very much for having tea with Alice.